Today on In Spirit and Truth with Pastor J.D. Farag. Sometimes the Christian life can be really hard. Would you agree? Serving the Lord can be hard. There are those times where it becomes very difficult. And it's not easy. And especially when adversity strikes. And adversity strikes. There are those trials in the Christian life, really part and parcel to the Christian life that makes the Christian life difficult. You're listening to In Spirit and Truth, the radio ministry of Pastor J.D. Farag of Calvary Chapel, Kaneohe. Pastor J.D. is currently teaching through the book of Psalms. The Christian life can be difficult. As we get to know Jesus better, we will become more aware of our sin. The ways the world will become foreign to us. In addition to that, the spiritual realm will begin to battle us. Pastor J.D. teaches us that despite these things, we must continue to look to Jesus and walk in the direction he planned for us. Now, be sure to stay with us after today's message to hear how you can get your own copy of today's broadcast. Subscribe to the In Spirit and Truth podcast or download the In Spirit and Truth iPhone or Android mobile app. Now, here's Pastor J.D. in Psalms chapter 16 with today's edition of In Spirit and Truth. All right, let's jump in. Psalm 16, right out of the chute, it begins with the title of a michtam of David, if I'm pronouncing that word right. Uh, The meaning of the word michtam has been the source of some debate amongst Commentators, some believe it carries with it the idea of a silent meditation. Others suggest it means golden or hidden or both. It's my belief it means all of the above in the sense that David is quietly and I'll add contently journaling this prayer In the quietness of his heart, he's penning the words to this psalm, and it's at a time in his life where he is under great distress. And I think you'll see uh, here in a moment as we get into the psalm just how powerful it is in light of that. What's interesting is that as we go through this psalm, it's going to become abundantly clear that Jesus is not only in it, he's all throughout it. And this is another one of those places, another one of those cases in God's word where it points to the person of Jesus Christ. And not only the person of Jesus Christ, but the finished work of Jesus Christ on the cross. Jesus crucified, buried, and resurrected. That's just going to come leaping off the pages of this particular psalm. And the reason being is that David is looking to the Lord and he's putting his trust in the Lord and it's in anticipation of the portion of his inheritance from the Lord. You have to understand that at this point, this juncture in David's life, he's lost everything. He's running for his life from Saul, who is trying to have him killed. The enemies that are against him have multiplied. 
against him. And this has caused great stress, great distress, but it has put David in this position where he has to look to the Lord, put his eyes on the Lord, put his trust in the Lord. And again, this is because he is in a perilous situation. Uh, If you're here tonight and you find yourself in a situation that is perilous and difficult and you don't know what to do, I really want to encourage you because Psalm 16 is going to be a great source of encouragement to you when in a position like that. So let's jump in verse one. Preserve me, O God, for in you I put my trust. O my soul, you have said to the Lord, you are my Lord. My goodness is nothing apart from you. This kind of has its um, uh, relation to the New Testament where Jesus says, apart from me, you can do nothing. (laughs) And also what the Apostle Paul in writing to the Romans says uh, about how that in my flesh there dwelleth no good thing. There is no one good as we saw last week. Verse 3, as for the saints who are on the earth, They are the excellent ones in whom is all my delight. Their sorrows shall be multiplied who hasten after another God. Their drink offerings of blood I will not offer, nor take up their names on my lips. O Lord, you are the portion of my inheritance and my cup. Again, He's lost his inheritance. He's lost everything. He's homeless. He's penniless. And then he points to the Lord, puts his trust in the Lord because his inheritance is from the Lord. He says, you maintain my lot. Verse 6, the lines have fallen to me in pleasant places. Yes, I have a good inheritance. I will bless the Lord, verse 7, who has given me counsel. My heart also instructs me in the night seasons. This is a a reference to what's been called the dark anguish of the soul, the dark passage of the night, those night seasons when terror strikes. Verse 8, he says, I have set the Lord always before me because he is at my right hand. I shall not be moved as we just Uh, had uh, sung together. Verse 9, Therefore my heart is glad, and my glory rejoices. My flesh also will rest in hope. For you will not leave my soul in Sheol, nor will you allow your Holy One, notice that's capitalized, to see corruption. You will show me, verse 11, the path of life. And then I love this. In your presence is fullness of joy. At your right hand are pleasures forevermore. I want to start 
by pointing out a few interesting references that are in this psalm. And the first has to do with verse 4. Notice that David says, Those who hasten after another God shall be multiplied in their sorrows. As I was preparing and studying and putting my notes together to teach this psalm and this Bible study tonight, I, as I often do, inquired of the Lord, Lord, what is David saying here? And then, of course, I, you know, check with the commentators to make sure that I'm still on the right planet so I'm not, you know, (laughs) too far off in my understanding of and interpretation of the text. And it's really interesting because uh, the Lord ministered to me something that has really served me well, for lack of a better way of saying it, over the years. And it's this. Uh, Stay with me on this. (laughs) Sometimes the Christian life can be really hard. Would you agree? Serving the Lord can be hard. There are those times where it becomes very difficult. And it's not easy. And especially when adversity strikes, and adversity strikes. There are those trials in the Christian life, really part and parcel to the Christian life that makes the Christian life difficult. And sometimes we in those times of difficulty can throw up our hands and cry out to the Lord and, Oh Lord, this is so hard. This is so difficult. This is so painful. And this is what the Lord ministered to me when David says, those who hasten after another God shall be multiplied in their sorrows. Here's what he's saying. Yes, it's hard. David's in a perilous situation. We face as Christians, we're not exempt from times of peril, times of trial, times of difficulty. But God, yes, it's hard. But you know what's harder than serving God, especially in times of adversity? What's harder than serving God is not serving God. What's harder than serving God is serving other gods. The God of money, the God of power, the God of prestige. The list goes on. You fill in the blank. (laughs) I think sometimes we forget how difficult our life was when we were still in Egypt. And like the Israelites, whom we tend to be so very hard on, when they (laughs) are in the wilderness wandering and complaining about how that, at least in Egypt, we had, you know, better food. We didn't have to have manna every day. We had leeks and onions. But what they forget was they were in slavery. And they wanted to go back into Egypt. And and we're so quick to come down hard on the Israelites. And I think we do err greatly in doing so because we're a lot like that. We think about our lives before Christ. And how difficult now our lives have become in Christ. And they can be very difficult. 
But I think this is a much needed reminder of how it is that the only thing that can be more difficult, infinitely more difficult, and infinitely more painful is to serve another God instead of serving the true and living God. Have you ever said this or heard someone say this to you? Ma'am, I don't know what I would do if I didn't know the Lord. How do non-Christians do it and get through it? You're going through a difficult time and you're so thankful that you have the Lord in your life. And you think to yourself, man, what do the non-Christians do? Well, we know what the non-Christian does. The non-Christian goes to the bottle of alcohol, the bottle of pills. They go to something. They, they do whatever they can to numb the pain. And as Christians, when adversity strikes and those storms of life hit, we and they're hard, and we go to the Lord, and we put our trust in the Lord as David does here. Our hope is in Him. As difficult as it is, there is nothing more difficult than not serving God. I've heard it said this way. The only thing harder than obedience to the will of God is disobedience to the will of God. Think about that. You think it's hard? <laughs> Man, you know, you're, you're fighting the world, you're fighting the devil, you're fighting the flesh. And it's a, it's a daily fight, a good fight of faith. It's a, we, we're wrestling, not against flesh and blood, against principalities and powers of darkness. And we grow weary. And it's <laughs> so hard. Obedience is hard. But it, disobedience is even harder. And that's what David is saying here. Interesting uh, choice of words as the translation renders it, multiplied in their sorrows. Multiplied in their sorrows. There's another reference that's interesting, and it's in verses 8 through 11. And it's about the crucifixion and the resurrection of Jesus Christ. And keep in mind, this is yet future. And I would suggest that for David, this is the conclusion of the matter of his hardship and suffering in the sense that David's life, as hard as it was, pointed him to looking yet future to the Savior of the world, which is what he's referring to here. This is why he says that in your presence is fullness of joy. This is why he says that there are pleasures forevermore. Now, here's the thing. That's not just for eternity future. That's for here and now. This is what he's referring to now. This is what, and you'll forgive me for the dramatic way that I'm saying this, but I think this is what is keeping David sane this is what is keeping David from losing his mind. He's lost everything. <laughs> but what's keeping him sane and what's keeping him anchored, what's settling him is knowing that this is how it ends. This is what awaits. Pleasures 
forevermore. Fullness of joy in your presence, Lord, both here, now, and then in eternity. That's what awaits. Another reference in this psalm that's interesting is that Peter actually quotes verses 8 through 11 in his sermon on the day of Pentecost in Acts chapter 2, verses 22 through 28. And he even mentions David by name and this psalm, Psalm 16. Listen to what he says. For David says concerning him, speaking of Jesus, I foresaw yet future. (laughs) I foresaw the Lord always before my face. For he is at my right hand that I may not be shaken. I will not be moved. Therefore, my heart rejoiced and my tongue was glad. Moreover, my flesh also will rest in hope. For you will not leave my soul in Hades, nor will you allow, and here it is capitalized again, this reference to Jesus, your Holy One to see corruption. In other words, you're not going to let your Holy One stay in the grave. He will not see decay. He will not see corruption. He will be risen from the dead. He will rise again from the grave. And then verse 28, you have made known to me the ways of life. You will make me full of joy in your presence. There's another reference even. The apostle Paul, he quotes verse 10 of this psalm in his reference. He quotes verse 10 in his reference to the resurrection of Jesus Christ. It's in Acts 13 verse 35. He says, therefore, he also says in another psalm, again, referring to Psalm 16, you will not allow your Holy One to see corruption. Psalm 17 is a prayer of David, we're told. Verse 1, Hear a just cause, O Lord. Attend to my cry. Give ear to my prayer, which is not from deceitful lips. Let my vindication come from your presence. Let your eyes look on the things that are upright. You have tested my heart, verse 3. You have visited me in the night. You have tried me and have found nothing. I have purposed that my mouth shall not transgress concerning the works of man by the word of your lips. I have kept away from the paths of the destroyer. Uphold my steps in your paths that my footsteps may not slip. I have called upon you for you will hear me. Oh God, incline your ear to me and Hear my speech. Show your marvelous loving kindness by your right hand. Oh, you who save those who trust in you from those who rise up against them. Uh, Please know that David in no way is 
presenting himself or posturing himself as being sinless. Blameless, yes. Sinless, no. He's right and righteous. He's walking in righteousness. The Lord has tested his heart and found him to be above reproach. Found him to be upright. Found him to be righteous. And it's on this basis to which he makes this appeal. And by the way, this speaks to an important principle, if I might just parenthetically insert this before we go on. There is a sanctified confidence that comes when one is walking in righteousness. Let me flip that over to the other side. We lose that confidence when we're walking in unrighteousness. If there's unconfessed sin, willful disobedience, we cannot come to the Lord and petition the throne and cry out unto him and expect him to hearken unto the voice of our cry until he deals with that first. He has to first deal with the sin. He has to first deal with the disobedience, the willful disobedience. Again, we're not talking about perfection. We're not talking about sinlessness. We're talking about disobedience and willful disobedience. He has to not harshly. He's never harsh. He's gentle, merciful, kind. I think of Proverbs 28, 13 that says that the one who conceals his sin will not prosper, will not be blessed. But the one who confesses and forsakes will find mercy. We cry out to God, oh, be merciful to me, oh Lord. Well, uh, we need to deal with first things first. Let's deal with this. So I can. There needs to be this confession of sin, this forsaking of sin, this repentance from sin. And then you can have that confidence There's power in purity. You lose that power in prayer, particularly when you're walking in impurity. And conversely, when when there's purity, there comes this power, this boldness. We come to the throne of God with a boldness, not an arrogance, a confidence, not in ourselves, a confidence in the Lord. It's a sanctified confidence. And this is the confidence that David is giving voice to here. He has this sanctified confidence. I'm upright, Lord. You've tested my lips. I'm righteous, Lord. Not of my own righteousness. I am right with you. The poetry of the Psalms evokes emotions of all kinds. The authors' lives were as varied as their songs. Yet each point to truth we can't deny. God is still God, always in control and forever loving His creation. We can rest in the knowledge that our Heavenly Father cares for us deeply and is supporting us, calming us and providing life everlasting. We hope today's teaching on In Spirit and Truth stays with you as you continue on in your day, reminding you of truth and love at every turn. If you'd enjoy listening to more messages from Pastor J.D. Farag, you'll be able to find them on our website at inspiritandtruthradio.com. We do treasure our connection with our listeners. We'd like you to be a part of our social media community. 
Follow the links on our website to our Facebook or Twitter pages where you can add your thoughts to the conversations while filling your news feed with encouragement and useful information. We'd love to see you here in person at Calvary Chapel Kaneohe if you're in the area too. We hold services every Sunday at 8.30 and 10.45 a.m. or come by on Thursdays at 7 p.m. for an in-depth Bible study. Directions can be found on our website. Again, that's inspiritandtruthradio.com. If you can't join us in person, we hope you'll find a local church community soon that you can call home. Having a supportive and biblically-based church is an incredible blessing in your faith experience. That's all the time we have for today. Thanks for tuning in, and we hope you'll join Pastor J.D. again to continue studying the Psalms right here on In Spirit and Truth.